Okay, uh, Visceralist Podcast, episode 18. Uh, you can get in touch with us, visceralist at gmail.com. We've got a big episode today. We have a special guest, uh, A. Say hello. Yo, I'm super anonymous. <laughs> I'm A. <laughs> to, cl- to, to clarify, you're not, you're, not, you're not part of the anonymous like hacker collective. You're just anonymous. I'm just anonymous. I'm definitely not like a stand-up comedian in Brooklyn or anything. <laughs> I mean, if you oh, want boy. us to identify, I mean, we're getting into some serious subject matter later. So if you want us to identify you, it's, we can. So it's sort of up to you. I'm definitely going to tweet about this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you guys, like, I'm not. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. Add, well, just don't oh. at me in the in the tweet. Uh, Anybody, you guys can be anonymous. Look, okay, here's the deal. I know we're getting like I looked up the guys that have already talked about what we're gonna talk about and they're still alive. And they've done oh, okay. so, so Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well that's 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 a tease for later in the episode, uh listeners. Um, but I was worried that they were dead. So <laughs> I mean, some of them are, actually. Okay, some people are. Some people are. But but not the ones writing about it. Yeah, there have been people that have dug in deeper, you know, know, looked around, published articles about it, and that guy's still alive. So I feel like hopefully I'm okay. We'll be fine. Um, And hello to Jay as well. How's it going? Good afternoon. Um, let's get right into the first segment, um, the internationally beloved trifling in New York segment, um, in which we share a story about just random craziness that we've gotten into in New York. Hey, you are the guest. Why don't you get us started with your story of oh, woe? Cool. Um, yeah. So I feel like my, I don't know if this is my best New York story. No, it is. It's my best. It's my best. It better, Absolutely. Yeah, it better be. Yeah, it is my fucking best. Okay. Um, so it w- it was super weird. I was I was getting into a taxi. I was in Bushwick, and I was just at some kind of dumb party, uh, and I was getting in a taxi with my friend. And uh, just this important detail to this story: uh, I'm black, or at least I'm mixed race, and I'm at least I'm more than half black. So I'm a, I I have brown skin. Okay. Um, and I get into this taxi with my friend Charles, who does not have brown skin. Okay. And the so you're, driver, so you're not going to keep him anonymous. You're just going to put him out there. <laughs> there's a Charles. There's a non-white Charles, or there's a non-brown Charles out there okay. who's unanonymous in this story. All right. Um, okay. I, I am eventually not going to be anonymous. <laughs> When I tweet about this, I'm definitely not gonna be that. Like, who is A? Could it be Andrew? Um, no, but, um, so I get in. So I'm getting in this taxi with my friend, and um, the, the a guy walks and we we drive for like a block, and a guy walks in front of our taxi, and the driver turns around and he just says, "A lot of niggers out tonight, huh?" Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What? I'm sorry, so you're like at a stoplight and someone's crossing the street in front of the taxi? I think he was jaywalking. Uh The the guy jaywalks in front of the taxi and the guy, and the driver says, lot of niggers out tonight. Now, I, before I- Hard ER? Yes, that was my first question. Hard ER. 
<laughs> okay, second question. Um, were you able to get any sense of the driver's ethnicity? Uh, I had to, I asked later in the conversation. So I, I stuck this out. My Charles was immediately floored. I mean, and I was obviously floored, but Charles was freaking out. And I had, I told him that he had to calm down so I think, could figure out what was going on. Right. Um, because you can't just say that. No. Yeah, well, no. Well, you can but you shouldn't. Yeah, no, but no, but <laughs> you shouldn't. And everybody knows not to say that. Like, people Especially. use that word, but not like that. Yeah, that. I mean, that's a really aggressive way of doing it. Um, particularly, I mean, did he just not even get a good look at you coming in? Were you, did you have a hood up? Like, were you in whiteface when you came into the cab? <laughs> yeah, I was in whiteface. <laughs> I forgot that part of the story. <laughs> I always get into the story, and then people are like, were you in whiteface? And, I, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was how that worked. Um, <laughs> no, I, I wasn't in whiteface. I, I'm pretty sure he got a good look at me, and he I followed up. <laughs> Good. I couldn't just let that drop. I was, right. I was like, because I said, "Excuse me, like, what did you, what did you say?" And he he repeated it. He said it twice, just casually. I was like, "Did you just say that?" And he was like, "Yeah, a lot of niggers out tonight, <laughs> right?" What? So that's a thing people say. Uh, um, I mean, okay, so <laughs> I'm I'm still trying to kind of wrap my head around this. So. In presumably, his rearview mirror, in the one in the center of the windshield, yeah. sometimes it's tilted in a way so that maybe he can only see one of the passengers in the back. Was it maybe tilted so that he just saw your friend and couldn't really I, see you? Am I under oath? <laughs> you will be later for the, for the topic we're getting into later. I mean, I have... I have no idea how the rearview mirror was tilted, but he definitely looked around. Like, I don't take note of that when I get in a taxi. Right. Um, yeah. It's one of the things that, like, I, uh, that and, like, remembering my social security number are things I don't do uh, that I should as an adult. Um, right. But um, uh, he, he could, when I asked which words did you just use like what right. was just said in this taxi he could see me he turned he saw okay. he turned around and saw me like he right. knew he was talking to a brown person right i mean like yeah that's what i'm sort of getting at is like it's pretty brazen to just be like like that's almost like you could you might worry about him being violent towards you he's like yeah i said it what you gonna do about it like that sort of thing huh I didn't think of it that way. Well, you know, he did, but he didn't. He didn't say, "Yeah, I said it." He just said, "Like he just acted like I couldn't hear." I'm like, "Oh yeah, a lot of niggers out tonight, don't you think?" Like, don't you think, sir? Also, would you like some tea? Like, I don't. It wasn't like that. It was, it was totally. The, he said it in such a benign way that his like the intonation of his voice suggested that he didn't know what he was saying. I mean, also in a in a, um, a, a, a line of work that's partially, at least partially tip based, <laughs> um, it seems like you wouldn't want to even like rock the boat, potentially. Yeah, yeah, and he rocked it real hard, real fast. <laughs> 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 like, <that> was, <laughs> was that... <laughs> uh, he he sure did. We were, he got you. Like, we, he got we had you. just, we had 
just gotten in the boat and then he immediately started rocking. And we had another like 10 or 15 minutes of cab oh, ride that were going to have to happen. So then the cab- before that? Nothing? No, that was the no. first thing he said. It was like, if he said anything, it was hello. So he started off at like 10, you know, or an 11 and a half or something. I, it's just a high number on the scale. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I felt that was another thing. It's like this guy is doing friendly voice, but saying that word with the hard ER and also knows that we're we have some cab ride ahead of us. So Yeah. All those things made me feel like this guy just doesn't know what's going on and somebody needs to tell this guy what's yeah. up. Um so okay, so you said you did ask you did find out about his ethnicity at, at some point you asked him or something yeah and i think he i think he said he was from pakistan he was either from india or pakistan because okay. i used that because that those two countries have a dynamic and you, i kind of yeah. use that because you called someone explain. a Paki at some point and then his ear his ears perfect. <laughs> yeah. i did not do that <laughs> 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 that was not the course of action. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That, that yeah, I'm little... about to yes and these slurs and start throwing stuff just, more yeah, around. I like, yeah, you just like start throwing slurs yourself just to see which one he responds to. <laughs> yeah. The game of this scene is that we're very terrible racist people. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what? So what happened then? Um, so I just started, I mean, I just started asking him questions because it felt like I had, I had to get to the bottom of what was going on. This felt like a time to investigate to me. I mean, I directly asked him, hey, what do you think that N-word means? Right. I was like, so, so this word, nigger, what do you think it means? <laughs> I said that to him. I yeah. asked him. Yeah. And he was like, he said, dumb people. He said, he said he thought what? it meant dumb people. What? Yeah. Don't huh. what? He said he said okay. they told him what? that it means dumb people and that he'd only been in the country for like a few weeks. What the people at immigration told him that? I don't know who they were. But they don't have his best interests in mind, clearly. No, they do not. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Unless they're trying to set him up because like, yeah, if you're saying it that casually. Like, yeah. wherever, you know, every language has, like, certain taboo, pejorative words that people mm-hmm. are careful around, so mm-hmm. to use it that casually, yeah, like, I mean, if I want to try to see the, the best in people, I might say, like, he just didn't know culturally how that sort of word's so problematic. I really believe that. Because the, cause the other thing I said to him was... As being, I think he was from Pakistan. I said, being from Pakistan, is there mm. anything that, like, if specifically an Indian person said it to you, that would be like the end of the story? Like, this is like, we're fighting now. Right. And he got very scared after that. He was, he just oh, was like, I'm yeah. so sorry. Like, I was, I'm so oh. sorry, sir. Please don't tell anyone. Oh, I so he didn't apologize. that word anymore. Yeah. Like, he got it when I used the Indian, India Pakistan analogy to frame it as like, don't say that to people. Um, and I was just like, just don't say it. To, and I was like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to tip you, but like, don't say that to anyone else. Like, I'm looking. 
they're not looking out for you. I'm looking out for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that, that that's a that's a good move. The story it seems like it has sort of a happy ending, or at least is I think there's so. a good character good. arc for for the cabbie. It's a teachable moment there. Thanks. I tried. Yeah. I wanted to make it a teachable, but it's a stunning thing to be for someone to say to you, just casually getting in a taxi. Usually the taxis just drive right by. I've had that happen. Like that's have them stop and be like, "All right, here comes the hard ER." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. If he's apologetic, like that's that's a step in the right direction. You know, hopefully he, he could just do that to everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't wait. Know. oh wait! So I it's like some, that word. some trick. Like he's using to sort of get in your emotions to sort of make you feel like you're you're doing a teach. I mean, did you give him a good tip? Like. I mean, I give him a normal tip. What do you tip? Because he should use your credit card in the default to like 20%. Right, right. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. Yeah. A default 20%, 25% button. Yeah. So you didn't get him the 25 No, I, I never give him the 25 I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's... Maybe I've used the 25 when I was like in a really good mood or something. But I, I don't know. Justin, you t- you pressing twenty five or twenty? Uh, never the twenty five. Twenty, the twenty in general. Um, and uh, I'm probably doing the twenty as well. Yeah. So we got to get a whole podcast about who does the twenty five. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> who does the twenty five? <laughs> I mean, I will say there's a couple bars that I frequent in the Lower East Side um, where they have those. Um, like uh, square card readers that are hooked to, yeah. to like an iPad, and they also have like the suggested um, percentage buttons. I think theirs are like 15, 18, and 20. And if it's there's a couple places where I know that I know the people because I go there all the time, and so I'll give them like the, the well, the 20 is the highest in, in those situations um, for a default tip, huh? Wow, yeah, like uh, those taxi drivers, they got good app developers. Is working for them. <laughs> Restaurant wait staff do not have like, engineers yeah. in Silicon Valley like the taxi drivers do not like their wait staff. Yeah, exactly. It's a good. You know, I just saw a trailer for this movie called The Circle. Has anyone heard of this? No. It's apparently based on this book, but it's supposed to be like um, some sort of thriller about um, an Apple like company or Apple slash. Uh, anyway, I, I saw Logan yesterday, so I'm like still like that's really on my that movie stuck with me have, have, they, how it was good uh yeah it's great huh not as great as everyone's saying where it's like i saw someone say it's like oscar worthy which that no i don't see that but um well it's getting serious he's using his real name now it's no more anonymous yeah he's not going by by Wolverine or, or L anymore. Or Professor, uh, no, it was, what, what was he, Project X? No. Weapon he X. Was, Weapon X, yeah. Weapon X. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's getting older, so he's like, you know, when you when old people just kind of stop giving a shit about stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's supposed to be really old, right? Because he regenerates, so he's like over 100 years old or something ridiculous yeah. in some of the storylines. Yeah, it's like his healing factor has slowed down quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, and so 
I guess you get older and you're like, nobody, people can't call me Weapon X anymore. That's like, you know, that's like in the, from the 60s. I'm, yeah. I'm not that guy anymore. So yeah. I'm Logan. Kind of like, you know, Jay, like, you know, you're you're an adult. No one calls you J-Rock anymore. I don't know if they ever did. Um, I certainly never nah. did. <laughs> and we did grow up together. <laughs> Nobody did. <laughs> Nobody does now. <laughs> <laughs> um i would hope not um okay well that that wow that that was a that was actually a great uh trifling in new york mine i have i have two today um jay uh has indicated that he's he's still got something in the lab for for next week's trifling in new york um so we'll let that cook <laughs> for now um so i have two that i emailed you guys about i i've i've taken to um coming up with like uh, title headings for my trifling in New York stories. Um, so the two I had were Fuckboy L.E.S. Uh, and the other one was Breaking Through a Bathroom Door. Oh, these sound good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll do Fuckboy L.E.S. first since it's shorter. Um, and this is basically um, I don't know. You guys both have iPhones? I'm assuming. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have the newest uh, operating system that lets you like draw stuff in a text? Oh, then... I don't. I keep hitting download this tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep you hit, just hit that every day. Every single day of my life. For like Not, now. Not now. Not now. <laughs> um. Well, so I, I just got a new iPhone um, in December, um, and I before that I had like uh, I think it was a 5C, but I I didn't I never like updating the OS on the phone because you know you get used to one and then they remind me tomorrow. Yeah, just, yeah. I was yeah I was in your they weren't prompting me to update every day, which that would have gotten annoying. But um, mm -hmm. anyway, I just never did. But anyway, I think the OS they released like in the middle of last year. Um, instituted like this new thing where you can do all kinds of crazier shit in your texting. Like they had more emoji options and you could like literally like draw some, a little picture with your finger and then it would show up. Um, if you had the same OS as the person, like you both had to have the same OS in order for it to work. Otherwise it would show up on my phone as like a little alien icon. Oh yeah. I get some of those. Yeah. So that, that just means there's a mismatch in your operating system. That's why it comes through like that. So anyway, um, I had been I had been seeing this girl for a little while, um, pretty casually, and at some point we were texting, and she had the new operating system, and this is when I had my old phone, so I had the old one, and she was sending me all these like I guess I thought emojis, and they weren't coming through, uh, or they were coming through as the alien icon, right? Uh -huh. So I was like, oh, shit, like, I feel like I, I'm not really getting the message that you're sending me because everything's coming through as alien, alien. And then she sends, she's like, okay, hold on. And she takes a screen cap of, like, our text conversation, and then she sends me a photo of the screen cap, right? So I can see, I can see, um, like, what she had intended to send me because it would show up on her phone. Yeah. Okay. So she had sent me, I don't know, some kind of like 
I think it was like a, just a star or something like pretty, something pretty boring actually. So it was just like a, like she had drawn a star with her finger. Oh man, I was so ready for this to be like, <laughs> it's like she had done, so she had really like done some, said something horrible to you in this drawing. So she called me the N word. Um, get a text. Like a drawing, um, like, wow, yeah. you really spent a lot of time drawing that, huh? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, no, she sent a, uh, they have an N-word emoji now. But, um, no. Oh, Jesus. It was. this new operating system. Yeah, yeah. Stop pressing. Yeah, you got to update, update it later today. Anyway, yeah. um, no, it was, it was just something like, I don't know, just this, like a star, like literally something that basic. But, yeah. uh, as I was looking at a little bit closer at the screen cap, I noticed the the name that she had for me for me. Oh, oh. there it is. In there the, it is. In, yeah. In in her phone, which I'm pretty sure she knew at least my the nickname I go by. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that she didn't put my full name in there. And you know, okay, maybe it was pretty early in our dating, so maybe she didn't have my last name. Like you know, we weren't Facebook friends at the time or anything um but no she had my name in her phone as fuckboy les <laughs> there it is all right yes that is wonderful, that is wonderful. Yeah. So, that's, that's better than that's that's better than her just telling you that they're accidentally yeah. the accidental reveal yeah. so um of course me being um well a fuckboy um i called her i called her out on it so I was like, "Were you like, yo, who's fuckboy Elias?" <laughs> well, no, I knew. I mean, I knew who it was. It was would clear. Yeah, I but... knew you knew who it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you know, I, I do live in the Lower East Side, um, Elias. Um, so, if if it had been fuckboy Elias, then hyphen one, or fuckboy Elias hyphen four, oh, okay. that might have been a concern. Um, but no, so anyway, I was like, oh, fuckboy L-E-S, eh? <laughs> I sent that yeah. to her, and then she responds, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so, so sorry, I'm so sorry, oh no, oh no, I'm really, so-. like, she was really sorry and, like, embarrassed, like, she's so embarrassed, like, oh no, no, it's not, like, it's not what you think, like, it's just, I couldn't really remember your name, and I just kind of, like... <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm gonna remain sort of agnostic on my commentary. I don't see her anymore. <laughs> um, and I will say, you know, when, when you first meet somebody, say at, say at a bar or whatever, um, you know, I, you don't always get their last name if they give you their phone number. Um, and uh, so sometimes as a reminder for me, I'll put in like, you know, say I was at Mission Chinese, the restaurant, and I met a girl, I would put in like, you know. Well, you have an expensive set. taste. I like that. <laughs> that is my favorite restaurant, actually. Um, it's really good. Oh, it's yeah. so fucking good. Um, I've been there with Jay a few times, actually. Um, oh, yeah. That, that thrice cooked bacon. Um, mm. but, but I would put in like, you know, Sally Beth, and then as her last name, Mission Chinese. Yeah. Just as a reminder. Um, and then, you know, if the relationship progresses to where I get her last name, I'll just swap it out at some point. Um, but anyway, I, I'm, cause I've heard a couple different things from my other people I've told this story to. So Jay, 
what do you think a, a fuckboy is? Because I've heard different definitions of that phrase. I have a question before we get to that level. Okay. How did sure. she spell fuckboy? Did she spell boy B-O-Y or B-O-I? <laughs> um, so it's fuckboy, all one word, capital F, uh, B-O-Y. Okay. Y is in yes. But how would you spell it, eh? I've never actually used that word to describe someone. Um, yeah, I think it, it is usually. I mean, Jay, Jay, what's your context on that that word? Um, you know, I, I I would say it's generally used in a negative way. It's not a good uh-huh. thing to be a fuckboy. Uh-huh. Yeah, no one likes uh, fuck them. Right. But they fuck them, though, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, so... I mean... I mean, basically, it's like... I don't know how... I mean, I've heard different things from different people, but essentially, she's not taking you seriously. Um, right. <laughs> like, she knows that... Like, she knows what it is. It's just, like something in some parade, something silly, you know, she gets her rocks off and, and then she moves on. Okay. I feel like um, a lot of times when I hear people use fuckboy, it's, what was that sound effect? Oh, oh, that's our random sound effect that comes in every now and then. I like um, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes me feel like I'm in the future. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like when people use the term the post-apocalyptic future, it sounds like. Yeah, well, I mean, you look around. Yeah, but um, but when people use the term fuckboy, uh, I feel like it's kind of malicious. And I'm not saying that she meant it maliciously, because mm-hmm. it's like one of those pieces of slang that, you know, every, I feel like people have different meanings of it. But I think that it's like, especially like on Twitter and Tumblr and stuff, it's like kind of just like a... Like, in, it's, like, for a kid that's, like, trying to get laid. Not a kid, but, like, maybe someone who's, like, early 20s or, like, young and, like, getting trying to get laid and, like, really inconsiderate of the girl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Love definitely, text. it's definitely, um, like, I feel like it's um, uh, definitely, like, Twitter speak. Like, it's sort of evolved from that. Because I hadn't heard that phrase be used in, like, damn. Oh shit! Zombies are coming. Um, I hadn't heard it used. Like I, I listen to a lot of rap music, and like it sounds like you would have heard it there. I don't even know if I've heard it in any song. I don't. I can't imagine it coming out of her. I don't feel like it's like rap slang now. I. It's not. I've, I've heard it. I've heard it in one rap song. Which okay. One? Um, it's a Run the Jewels song off the first or second album. Killer Mike says it. Oh. Um, describing these guys. Well, I've heard it used basically in, in, yeah, the ways, sort of the ways you're describing. I've heard it two ways. One is, is, yeah, just kind of like a general kind of jackass that, like, it's not super malicious, but, like, just, like, kind of like a, like a doofus that, all, that has some level of charisma or charm, but is not to be taken seriously. And then the other one yeah. is um, uh, basically just like a, like a friends with benefit type thing, like, literally someone you just fuck and that's that's it in the lower east side um yeah so 
anyway, that's that story. <laughs> um, kudos to her. It did make me wonder if there was other fuckboys in her phone, like fuckboy Upper West Side, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuckboy Bushwick. Um, but whatever. Well, there's definitely a fuckboy Bushwick. Oh, there's a lot of fuckboys running around Bushwick. Fuckboy Ridgewood is like where it's really at now. Oh, is Ridgewood the new fuckboy uh, epicenter? Yeah, I think it is. Or Bedstay, I guess. Ridgewood. I, but maybe Ridge, Ridgewood is where the it's like is Bushwick overflow. Um. Yeah. I I haven't spent too much time out there. Um. I have enjoyed the time I've been out there, but it's only been a couple times in the past year or so. But yeah, it does seem like Bushwick's sort of moving that way generally. One of my credit cards is in Ridgewood right now. I just need to cancel it. I'm not going back out there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> I was one of my friends had a had a part had a birthday party at a bar in Ridgewood. And somewhere on, in, in Ridgewood that's not even close to the train. Like I ended up taking a lift there and the bartender was really terrible. And oh. would like every time I would go and stand in front of him when there weren't a lot of people at the bar, he would find like a reason to walk to the other side of the bar oh, and I make sure was Yeah. I hate you that. Know, I feel like I feel like to be a bartender in New York, you're the first skill you have to have is to be able to avoid eye contact. They avoid eye contact better than any human beings I've ever seen in my life. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, that's like their whole deal. They're like, avoid, 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 just decide. I'm going to take this other person's order that's really inconvenient for you. Um, but I just left my card there. I wasn't, like, I stood around trying to get get it back, and it wasn't going to happen. So I just need to cancel that now. So he just, just walked away? Yeah, he's a fuckboy bartender. <laughs> <laughs> so was it really crowded? Like, It was, a li- it was crowded, but he could have. I I was able to speak to him. Hey man, can I settle up? And he didn't care, so I just wow, left. That sucks. Um, but yeah, no, I totally have been there where it's like the end of the night. You're already tired. You just want to get out of there, but then you gotta wait for this nonsense. And then like every second that ticks by is just like drives you more and more crazy. Um, uh huh. And I've definitely left my my card at places. I think. I mean, I these days I rarely even leave the Lower East Side, um, but. Yeah, like it is annoying to have to go all the way back. And if you rarely leave the Lower East Side, you may deserve fuckboy <laughs> Lower East Side. Like that's. <laughs> um, hey, look. I mean, I'm not saying I don't deserve the name, and I'm not saying I don't find it pretty funny. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, if we're gonna start talking about issues, she could write. I could write a whole. Anyway, I don't want to go there. Uh, so the other story which I definitely need to clarify because it does sound crazy, um, is breaking down the bathroom door. Um, now this also involves a different woman I was dating um, a few years ago. Um, and a very I... strong woman. <laughs> 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 so she, um, she uh, I think it was, the, yeah, I think it was the first time she, she invited me over to her place for the first time. Um, and we were just hanging out, watching TV. There was this new show that had, that had come up called, um, oh, it was really good. It was with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. It was like a limited series. I think it was called, I want to say the, the Good Woman or the Good Mother or something. I don't know. It's something about she's like um, an Israeli 
um, like ambassador or something, and like her son gets stolen or, or kidnapped or, so, or her friend's son gets kidnapped or something. Anyway, you can look it up. Um, it was great. It's like ten episodes. It was great. Anyway, so we're watching the, and then uh, she actually invites me to stay stay the night. So I'm like, great. Um, so crashing, um, and then, then in the middle of the night, um, I I had to get up to go to the to go to the restroom. Um, to go number two. Um, you know what I mean mean by that? Take a yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I. I. Uh, so anyway, I did, which I don't like. I hate that kind of humor. It's this isn't humorous. Well, it sort of is. Um. So I'm I'm gonna try to keep this as clean as I possibly can. Um. But anyway. So I get up. Uh. I go. Boom boom. Come back go to sleep and then like a little while later she goes out and uh i noticed that uh like 10 minutes go by 20 minutes go by and she's not back and i'm like oh, that's a little weird and um like she had a she had a, like a two a two level apartment so like uh-huh. two story like it was it was really big um so then like another 10 minutes go by and i'm like getting a little worried so then I sort of, um, I, then I start hearing some knocking, like this really faint, faint knocking. And I'm like, oh shit, is someone at her door? So I go upstairs, I had to go upstairs to get to her door and it's her knocking on the bathroom door from the inside. Like she didn't, <laughs> she, and the reason she was doing that is because she, she was locked in. Oh. So she was locked in her bathroom and she like didn't have her phone, so she couldn't call me. So she had apparently just been like pounding on the door for like twenty minutes <laughs> until I finally heard her. And so I was like, "Oh shit!" Were you asleep? I was sort of like in that drowsy, really drowsy, yeah, stage to where like I was sort of in and out of sleep. But then I was noticing that she wasn't there. And I was yeah, like, you know, she's probably gonna wake me up when she comes back because I'm a, sort of a light sleeper. Um, yeah, but. But anyway, yeah, so she's like, oh. You were like, sleep enough to know that you were about to get woken up. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect way of phrasing it. Um, so I was like, um, so anyway, I was like, oh, shit. So she's like, can you try try the door? Try the door. I'm like, did you twist the thing? Did you twist the, the so it was just like, there wasn't like a deadbolt on it. It was just like the doorknob thing huh. that you just twist. And so she's like, yeah, I twisted it, twisted it, like it's not working. And so I try to jimmy the door. Um, I try to use the credit card approach to like, you know, push the, the thing. That wasn't working. I'm like, she's like, uh, go get my phone and call my super. Um, and so I got her phone, went and, like found the super's number, called him. Of course, no answer. So this, what, at, what time was this? Oh, this is at like probably 2.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. So, Not a lot of supers waiting by the phone to do that. <laughs> oh yeah. No. No. Yeah. Um, my old my old super uh, who passed away a few years ago. He would wake up, but he like had just had a landline like right next to his bed. So. Um, oh, that's a good super. Why'd you leave that building? Oh, I didn't. He uh, he died. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, super. Um. Yeah. <laughs> like Jay's such a sigh. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
uh, to make a long story short, because we 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 got a couple more things to get into. Um, um, Super wasn't answering. Uh, I tried like a screwdriver. I I actually unscrewed the doorknob from the front and like was able to sort of slide the door the screwdriver under the door to her so she could do it on her side and like it still wouldn't open. It was crazy. So I was like, okay. Um, Where was this lock that was keeping? The door. I think it was more like a combination of the lock being not installed properly and the door being just slightly big enough that it got wedged if you close it too hard or something. Wow. So I was like, okay, I mean, unless you want to wait till morning in there, I'm going to have to knock the door down. <laughs> Wait, no, no. That, that is the sensible thing to say in that situation. But you don't, it's not a thing you have to say a lot. I, I don't you think know, I've ever said that. It doesn't come up that often. Uh, probably a good thing. But I was, and I was like, it's funny because, like, you know, we were still early in our dating, and I was like, I kind of like wanted, like on this level, I wanted to say that because I thought it would sort of impress her if I could. But on another level, I wasn't sure if I would actually be able to do it. One because <laughs> <laughs> one be- because it's like more of an as aspirational. <laughs> yeah. uh, one because like you know I, I'm like sort of a slim, tall guy, um, and two and like I don't have like a lot of brute strength. Yeah. Um, two, the way the hallway was set up, there was only maybe I'd say three feet between the door and the wall because it was so sort you of down. Get, like a running start. Exactly. There was yeah. no way to get a running start. It was just going to be have to be like you know that like famous punch that Bruce Lee had, where it's like oh the three inch punch. Yeah, he's like his fist is three inch away from you, your chest, but he could yeah. move it so quickly that it would send like the guy flying. I was, I was basically going to have to do that to the door. To the door? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, why didn't you just take the hinges off on the inside? It must be better. Um, yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know if she would. Because it's more fun to knock <laughs> the door down. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she, if she – she was pretty slim too. I don't know if she would have the strength or wherewithal to be able to do that. Um, I've never actually taken the hinges off. I don't know what's involved in that. I don't think it's just pull it out of the hinge, pull the thing out. Is it? Well, it's connected with screws. The, the hinge is connected to the door jam and then the door. So you just unscrew from either the door jam or the door and take the door. Yeah, if you unscrewed the hinges, then you could, it might be easier to just push the door over. But like, I, wouldn't you have to in, unscrew like part of the hinges that's, that is screwed into the edge of the door yeah, as well, and you would yeah. be able to get to them. Yeah, I think you have to unscrew because I'm looking over at my bedroom door right now, and you would have to unscrew like in the space between the door and the, the door jam. I mean, I guess I probably yeah, I, I should have I should have called you, right. Jay, instead of calling the super. <laughs> I would have rushed over. <laughs> so anyway. Um, I told her, just get in the shower, get behind the shower curtain. I'm going to book post the door. <laughs> Cover <Yeah>. your head. <laughs> Duck down. Um, don't look. And I was actually, I, I did it on like the second, like, like, for, like I just did a shoulder, just ran into it as hard as I could with my shoulder. And it only took two, two hits and it, it broke down. 
See, I, I, I think that makes sense because you said you're, you're a skinny guy, but you look strong to me. I don't know. I would give you. I would say you could get it over, knock a door over in two tries, depending I mean, on the door. I mean, I think the last time I saw you, I was wearing a pretty thick winter coat, so that may be why you think that. Um, oh, keep wearing that coat. Strong as hell. Um, but look, it worked, and like she was like, she was like, you know, thankful, but then she's like, oh fuck, like. What am I going to say to my super <laughs> like tomorrow? Um, Don't you say I got locked in the bathroom and he had to get me out? I think I think that's pretty plot. That's reasonable. Um, I guess. Um, so anyway, that's what happened. Uh, any further any further questions or should we move along? Um, okay. Yeah, I have no questions. Questions. I was, you know, I actually had to get someone out of a. I, I so I had to get someone out of a locked door, but it wasn't nearly as exciting. But it was funny because it was this girl that became she became my roommate. Uh, but at the time we didn't know each other, and we both just moved to New York, and we were just like at a show together, and somehow she got locked in the bathroom at this event. And she had to, but she just had she just had to text me to let me know she was locked in the bathroom, which is still pretty funny when you're out with someone you just met at like yeah. a party or show or something. Oh, what? So what happened after she texted you? Oh, I, it was just locked from the other side somehow, which is weird that you can lock someone in the bathroom from outside of it. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, actually. But I, I was just telling that story to say I can get people out of the bathroom too. I just need you a can. That, yeah, yeah, look at you. Yeah. You know, just need uh, like MacGyver with that, that cell phone. Um, I, I actually, I do have one more locked, locked inside a bathroom story, um, and then we'll, we'll get to the main event after that. We're gonna have to skip the the fighting scene thing. But um, I was at uh, one of my favorite bars in Lower East Side. And there was, um, we were sitting at the front of the bar by the window and the, the bathroom is at, at the other end of the bar. So at some point, um, one of the bartenders, I just noticed with one of the bartenders go to the back and start pounding on the door. And someone, someone had been in the bathroom for, I guess, like 20 minutes or so. And people noticed it. And then they, they, one of them alerted a bartender. Bartender goes over, pounds on the door, like, hey, what's up? You know, probably assuming that I don't know they're doing drugs or you know having sex in the bathroom, typical shit. Yeah. Um, so there's no answer from the inside, and so he's like, "Okay, are you sure there's someone in there?" And like, yeah, we definitely saw someone go in. So it was more and more pounding. At some point, the other bartender notices this and is like, just yells out in the bar, "Whose friend is in the bathroom? Whose friend is in the bathroom?" Like over and over and over. And like no one was answering. Um, oh, I think I have then, a theory on where this is going. Oh, okay. All right. We'll still hold these spoilers. Okay. Um, so at some point, like this, that, that went on for like another 10 minutes. And so at some point, they get like what looked like some sort of like crowbar type device, not like not an actual crowbar, just a big piece of metal that was like sort of twisted to look like a crowbar. And they use that and they still can't get it open. And then I'm like, um i see someone i see the bar second bartender go outside um on her cell phone and as she's walking by our table she it's clear that she's on the phone with 911 
And so I'm like, oh shit, it's about to go down. Someone's about to go down here. It's not good. So I actually was with some people and I was like, yo, we got to get out of here. Um, I think, Jay, I think I made well, it. I remember that. I was there. And then I okay, yeah. heard the sirens, right? And... Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's when it was like, okay, we got to go. Um, but we didn't know at that point what happened. But then later, so we were there, there. There was another friend of ours who was there with us and then had to leave. But then he joined us later in the night. And he said that when we joined him later in the night, he's like, oh, shit. I remember seeing this girl walk by me and go into the bathroom right before I left you guys. And he's like, she looked like she was really out of it. And she oh. was to totally by herself. And I think what basically what happened is she OD'd in, like, in the bathroom. Or like she was in the process of ODing, sort of stumbled her way into the bathroom. And then it kind of crashed out. ODing on what, though? I mean... Could have been anything. Yeah. There's, I mean, I... there's, you know, the epidemic of like opiate use in yeah, well... the country. So I would probably guess it was that. I, what I was going to say is that I used to work at a coffee shop, and when I worked at a coffee shop, it was in Williamsburg. So I'm Williamsburg fuckboy. I live in Williamsburg. I used to work at a coffee shop in Williamsburg. Um, but um, I, was, I used to work in this coffee shop in Williamsburg, and one time one of my coworkers complained to me that on her prior shift, a, she went into the bathroom after a guy had been in there for like, over half an hour and there were blood and needles all over the oh, bathroom shit. because he was shooting up in the bathroom so that was getting oh. my theory was that she was she, you were going to find yeah, out yeah, that yeah. someone had been shooting up in the bathroom yeah well i think you were close when was close. it when did that happen <sighs> this would have been like either late probably late december oh yeah i think yeah, i remember that but <clears throat> um i mean i was like oh man like this you know, I feel feel really bad for her. I hope, hope she's okay. Um, I was like, yeah. you know, I wonder if this is going to make the news, um, you know, if she dies or something. And then, you know, if bar is going to get up, get all this bad press and close down. Right. <laughs> You're worried about the bad no, press. No, no, A, I said, I said, I said first, I said first, I said first. I said first, first, first okay. worried about her. First, I said first, okay, I'm worried sure, that she's yeah. okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> This could be a PR disaster. It's like my favorite bar. I um, I mean, it is my favorite bar. That's why I'm not saying the name. But um, and it didn't make the news. Honestly, I feel like if someone OD'd in my favorite bar, then it would probably be easier to get a seat out in the weekend. That's oh my god. <laughs> I know that's a horrible thing to say. Oh my god, so that's crowded. great. It's that's so great. I so mean, crowded. I will say to this day, it's, it is consistently crowded. Um, actually, oh, actually, Jay, you would, we were there on Friday night. Um, yeah. And uh, we we were luckily able to get a table, but um, uh, it was otherwise uh, uneventful. Um, but speaking of uneventful. We're now going to segue into something that's very eventful. That is an excellent segue. Thank you. Oh, Beautiful no segue. <laughs> we'll get into our main topic. This is uh, the delightful return of the, our famous conspiracy segment in full force. Um, we've actually done substantial research on this one. Um, 
we will title this the, I guess, Michael Jordan's dad's death conspiracy. Um, and I, you know, because that's what it is. That is. <laughs> I was thinking of going with more of like a flowery, like, you know, the way they title Sherlock Holmes episodes. Yeah. Um, but uh, we do things a little bit more straightforward around here in the Viscous Podcast. Um, so anyway, um, I'll begin with a little bit of background. Uh, either of you should feel free to interrupt me, interject as you see fit. Um, but anyway, Michael Jordan, uh, very famous basketball player, uh, now currently owner of uh, an NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, back in the early 90s, his, his team, the Chicago Bulls, um, had recently had completed uh, what's called a three-peat, which is where they his team wins three championships in a row. Um, very difficult feat. He's, uh, he's a pretty good basketball player, I think, uh, be universally agreed upon. Um, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. Yes. Uh, some people say that. Um, and... Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but around that time, there were reports in the press and uh, other places, well, I guess just the press, um, that he was being investigated uh, by the NBA for his gambling habits. Um, apparently, he was a known gambler, uh, frequent gambler, um, and he, this is something he would admit to back then. You know, he was seen at casinos, he liked to play golf and would gamble on those games sort of casually. Um, but it, it got to the point where um, it was becoming an issue for the NBA, apparently. And so I'm going to quote from an article that I will um, later identify um, because it's, it's paramount to the main bit of what we're going to talk about. But anyway, this is sort of a long quote, but just bear with me. It's pretty interesting. So and this is from an article uh, in GQ from 1994. So it says, uh, Michael Jordan has reasons for feeling run out of the game. Uh, he has spent his life playing, but ultimately they have little to do with the press. He retired while the NBA was investigating for the second time in two years his gambling activities and his friendships with assorted North Carolina hustlers and thugs, including men with bulk cocaine connections. Uh, in October 1992, after lying about a $57,000 cashier's check that he had given to a Charlotte man named James Slim, this is his nickname, uh, Buhler, James Slim Buhler, a previously convicted cocaine dealer on trial at the time for conspiracy to distribute cocaine and laundering drug money for a major Charlotte drug ring. Whew, it's a mouthful. Um, Michael, has, Michael was subpoenaed and forced to testify that the money had been a debt from a three-day golf and poker weekend at Hilton Head, South Carolina. So just to summarize, um, Michael Jordan had given $57,000 to a man, uh, a drug dealer, that he said was for a, um, a golf and poker uh, gambling debt, basically, um, $57,000, okay, to one guy. Um, and lastly, um, before that, in February of 1992, $108,000 in cashier's checks from Michael turned up in a briefcase that yet another of his Hilton Head gambling buddies, a man named Eddie Dow, who had been murdered earlier that month. 
So a guy had been murdered. He had $108,000 in cashier's checks from Jordan uh, in his briefcase. Uh, now this guy, Dow, was a Charlotte bail bondsman and according to testimony at Bula's trial, also a Coke dealer. Uh, Dow's brother and his attorney both said that Jordan checks were drawn to pay off another weekend gambling loss. My favorite thing about Michael Jordan is that he couldn't, none of this stuff could have happened, could happen now. Like this, we're in such a different age of media coverage and like all the basketball players are like tweeting and constantly on Instagram and Snapchat and just like broadcasting their, their lives and they have such wholesome fun. And I'm sure there's stuff that you don't see, but like, I, it feels like there's Michael Jordan got away with sweeping so much stuff under the rug because he had this squeaky clean image. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, this was like the heyday of like um, McDonald's commercials, you know, Sprite commercials. I think Space Jam, the movie, Space came Jam, a little bit, yeah. little bit later. Um, but yeah, and he was like Nike, Mr. Nike, basically, as well. Um, so anyway, I say all that to say basically that he wasn't squeaky clean. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I'm not going to – and I also, also say that we're, we're going to be quoting from existing articles. We don't know anything firsthand. A lot of what we're going to say is speculation and quoting and our opinions. So just put that out there. don't kill us. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't do any original research. We're just, We're just going through the parroting, parroting what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in any case, let's cut to um, July of 1993. Um, so this is the summer after his uh, – Jay, do I have this correct? This is the summer after his third championship, right? So the season had just yeah. ended. Um, they're in the off season for a few months. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Their, th their third championship was, was 93, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Was the third they won, one. yeah. Yeah. They won the third championship and then all this stuff happened in July and that, so that would have been a few months right. after a month or two after the playoffs ended. Right. So, uh, the article that I referenced and I just quoted from is from GQ, uh, from 1994 and it was written, uh, from sorry, from March of 1994, and it's written by a man named Scott Robb, who is a still active sports journalist. Who, yep, those cars know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Who, Shout out to Scott Robb. Sports <laughs> just driving by. Oh. Yeah, that is actually him driving by. Yeah, um, Scott. So Scott Robb uh, also uh, is the author of a book called The Whore of Akron. Um, which is about LeBron James leaving the Cavs. Uh, Jay, did you know that? Um, I did not realize that, but I remember that book. Yeah. That, I didn't read it. Didn't talk yeah. about it. So I'm not too happy with him generally because I'm a huge – both Jay and I are from Ohio. We're huge LeBron fans. Um, but Wait, you're yeah. not too happy – oh, you're not too happy with the, the I just don't, I don't like the journalist in general because oh. of his feelings about LeBron, basically. But anyway, he wrote this in 1994, this GQ article. Now, you can't find this article on GQ's website, um, but it is transcribed on a website called maryellenmark.com for some reason. Um, and the article is about – so I should just say Michael Jordan's dad was murdered in July of – 
Um, the official story is that um, he had he was on a in North Carolina driving out on a highway in North Carolina, uh, U.S. Route 74 in Robeson County, uh, in North Carolina, and that he the official story is that he had pulled over to the side of the road to take a nap. Um, two young men um, that go by the name of I'm sorry, this is bad, Larry Demery and Daniel Green. Um, came upon him, um, carjacked him, uh, or attempted and to And these were him. young kids too, right? Weren't they like in their late teens? Uh, I believe they were in their late teens. Yeah. yeah. I think they were both like 18, 19 when it happened. Yeah. And they so, have no, they have no proof of any, how, the, how any of this went down, right? They we'll, just we'll, have the, one of their, one of the, one of them they convinced to testify against we'll, the other. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. Okay. Um, let me just, I'm just still just sort of set up. So, the official story so um so so the official story is that they came upon him in a nice car he's in a lexus that michael jordan had just bought from him recently with vanity um, plates it was like unc oh uh 23 yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> which um you know that's that's great um i'm just saying i knew that because i rode around in that lexus a few times but <laughs> that is not true <laughs> Uh, I love how we start this out with like we're trying to keep this above board. No. Um, in any case, let me just finish the official story. Is that these kids came upon him as he was yeah, as he was napping, and uh, attempted to carjack him. There was a scuffle and shot and killed him. Uh, they then disposed of his body in a swamp and um, took off with the car. Um, taking um, a couple items from the car, um, and including a cell phone, and in any case, they were arrested, charged with murder. Um, they were both convicted and sentenced to life uh, in prison. They were not given the death penalty, uh, but they were sentenced to life in prison. Um, and uh, the one, Larry Demery, who was one of the kids, testified against uh, Daniel Green stating that he was the one, Daniel Green was the one who pulled the trigger on uh, James Jordan who was yeah that. so and then there's all the, the fucked up stuff that doesn't but, make any sense and now we're gonna get into the fucked up stuff <laughs> yeah so um, there's a lot of stuff that's fucked up that doesn't make any so. sense <laughs> Anyway, uh, gentlemen, uh, guys, wait. Can I ask you something? Do you sure. guys remember this? Like, because I remember when this was in the news. Uh, Jay. Um, uh, vaguely, and I it it just always seemed strange. Yeah, right. It was really strange at that the well, time. But it was weird. Yeah. It was strange at the time. It never made. It never made any sense. Like I remember my parents or my mom, because I was my, my mom and my grandparents talking about how it didn't make any, how none of it made any sense at the time. But let's get into yeah. why it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it so. didn't make sense. Like it was even referenced in an Outcast song. Oh, was it? Oh, really? Which, Which one? one? Yeah, uh, I don't remember the name of the song, but the, it's like the, the punchline is basically a mystery, like the killing of Michael Jordan's father. And then that's the end of the verse. I think that's a big boy verse. <laughs> nice. Um, so the, the the article is, which is from 1994, and as I said, no longer on GQ's website, um, 
it, basically this this author did he went down to this county robeson county north carolina and he did a, what seemed like a months-long fairly exhaustive um investigation on his own into and he kept saying that people wanted to wanted to refuse to talk to them or feared for their safety if they talked yeah. to him oh look, we got we should get it out that it this is like, no, why don't you give your overall thesis here? Get, get it out. <laughs> yeah, we, gotta, we, we gotta get this out. But, I mean, I, I actually. And this I'm is you a, speculating. This, this is you I'm speculating. Spec I'm speculating, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but I kind of believe that Michael Jordan's dad was murdered. Dispute with Michael Jordan. I don't want to. I don't know what kind of speed it is people like to say gambling debts but it could be it was, it was it's i would not be shocked if there was some kind of disagreement someone at scary had with michael jordan and took revenge because none of the details themselves really add up to what to happened. add up with the, with the official story yeah they don't add up to the official story and it does the, there does seem to be a lot of wiggle room in like how and in in how they could have, in in wiggle room in ways they could have lied of, and tr created an official story and i think the most damning thing is that he went missing july 22nd he oh, was you yes. know he had he was expected to have business in the next coming days but he did not go to any of his meetings right and his birthday was on july 31st Right. And the family didn't report him missing until, I believe like, August, August 12th or 14th or something? Yeah. Yeah. And so the guy was missing from business meetings because he was dead. He was not available on his birthday. <laughs> and even though it was 1993, we're talking about rich people, so they still had cell phones. Like, Jordan's mm -hmm. dad had a cell phone. So, like, this guy disappears off the face of the earth. Who's, and he's tight with Michael. Like he, they're supposed right. to be business partners and best friends. So he's gone from his family because he's dead, and they don't say anything about it until it's national news, and they file a missing persons report two weeks later. And that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah, basically, um, the official story is that again is that he's these guys, these kids killed him, uh, and then dumped his, dumped his body in a swamp. Uh, it, his body was found in the swamp, I believe, a couple weeks later, by someone who just happened upon it, and he wasn't immediately identified either because there had been so much decay. Um, so he was actually uh, like noted by the, the coroner or whatever as a John Doe, and he was cremated. Um, yeah, all before the family found out. Now. Cause there, cause that was the crazy. That was another crazy thing well, about me, listening to this in 1993. Cause there were stories on the radio about this John Doe being cremated, and then right. you're like, oh, it's Michael Jordan's dad. He's who's currently the most famous athlete on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Man, so where's Sarah, Sarah yeah. Koenig on this? Right? Like we got like Edmund <laughs> clearly did it. What'd you and say? Where like, is Sarah Palin? Where's Sarah Whoa. Koenig from Serial? Oh, Sarah Koenig. Oh, 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 okay. The podcast Serial. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I, yeah, that was confusing. I, I Sarah wasn't familiar. Koenig. I thought, also, I thought you Sarah said. Koenig? I thought you had said Sarah Palin too. 
No, but where's Sarah Koenig on this one? Like, Adnan was so obviously guilty. And this just does, this makes so much less sense. And yeah. has been, yeah, this is too dangerous. She doesn't want to touch this. Yeah, NPR yeah. doesn't want to touch that's what, that's, that's where we come in. Yeah. So the, the, I should, just to back up a bit, the, 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 with the, this GQ article, a big focus of the article is the sheriff of Robeson County. Um, he's he's quoted extensively throughout the pro the the article. His name's Hubert Stone, and early in the article, he is quoted as saying uh, the following, um, describing um, the various people um, in this county. Apparently, at the time, the uh, racial breakdown of the community was um, I, I, the 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 figures are actually in the article, but it basically. Uh, majority, I think a slight majority white, um, slightly less, it's basically 33, 33, 33 white people, black people, and Native Americans um, in this county. And so the sheriff, early in the article, is quoted as saying the following, uh, anytime you look down the street and you see a black and an Italian and an Indian guy, you've got crime. You know you're not, you know you're not supposed to look at things like that, but that's the way it is. If they're running together, something's up. We always know when we spot a car and see him, an Indian and a black, there's going to be some crime. We have to keep a firm hand on him. Uh, it's not like Philadelphia or New York. Down here, the sheriff is chief law enforcement officer. So that's just to give a little uh, context on uh, the the now deceased uh, Sheriff Herbert Hubert Stone. Uh, he died in 2008. Um, but anyway, the, the, the crux of the article is about the there's a notorious history in this community of drug trafficking. Um, the author interviewed, um, I believe, a U.S. attorney or, or investigator who um, had said that, who acknowledged that there is um, there is a lot of trafficking that goes on in the area, specifically cocaine, um, uh, that's been going through the area for a while. Um, there is a big um, tribe, I believe it's the Lumbee tribe of Native Americans. Yes, Lumbee. Um, right. uh, and one of the accused or accused and convicted young men, Larry Demery, uh, is from the Lumbee tribe. Uh, Daniel Green, his co-defendant, is black. Um, and apparently in 1988, uh, during a period when uh, Sheriff uh, Stone, Hubert Stone was sheriff, uh, the local newspaper was held up and hostages were taken by a few members of the Lumbee tribe as a form of protest because they said that they had gone to the DEA with accusations that law enforcement in the area was involved, was corrupt and involved in the local drug trade. And they wanted to get the story out. Um, yeah, so they were like, the whole, the, like all of the law enforcement around there was supposed to be corrupt, right? That's that, the deal. That, that's the implication yeah, from this yeah. article. That's that's our in our opinion. And there was, that, uh, there was a guy that ran for judge in the county that, got, that was murdered. Yes, before right. the election, which is like this. This stuff happened in America. And, and then the person they convicted, like the main suspect in that murder, was found dead. Yes. Well, you know why he was found. You know why he was found dead because right. he went to Georgetown, and Michael Jordan's a UNC <laughs> man. Okay, let's oh, let me let me just clarify. <laughs> let me just clarify this part from the article. There is uh, yes, there is a man who went to Georgetown and was running against the local, um, I guess, district judge or something like that. Um, in North Carolina, in, in this county, like Georgetown over there. In this in this county, and what happened was he was sh apparently shot 
three times in the chest by a 12-gauge shotgun. Uh, the It was investigated. Oh, this is before the election. Uh, it was investigated. I bet they have oh, oh, really on, on, good on, investigators in Robeson County, North Carolina. So it was investigated, and uh, they had a suspect and the that they identified but the suspect was found also shot with a shotgun but uh he was found with the gun between his legs in what looked like a suicide now apparently the election still happened with the, the dead guy on the ballot and he still won by two thousand votes so anyway <laughs> uh that's what you're referencing so sorry go, yeah. go ahead um well i bet they have really good investigators in robeson in Robeson County, that just, I'm sure there's a flock of really brilliant. Oh, especially back in uh, 1994, sure. Yeah, that's where all the brilliant grads go to <laughs> lay down their roots as investigators. <laughs> that's where they go. Like actually, actually, in the last 12 months, the one thing we've learned about that part of the country is it, it's part of the country that ignores facts once they actually discover them. Like this is that's the that's one of the no facts regions anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina has definitely got some issues um, with the political system. I believe like the governor recently was like voted out and he like really tried to like not, not have to leave office by like trying to change laws and stuff. But anyway, um, I mean, it is a very a pretty rural county, um, very poor um, generally, um, not a lot of opportunity. Which makes opportunity. it a which makes it a perfect place to find two kids, tell them to dispose of a body, and then uh, pin a murder on them. Well, you know? to be to be clear, uh, yeah. here's a point we should make: is that the defendants, uh, specifically Daniel Green. So Daniel, again, Larry Demery is one of the kids, the Native American background, uh, said that Daniel Green shot James Jordan, and then they both just helped dispose of the body. Um, Daniel Green admits to helping, they, they were there, they admit to being there, that, but what they say is that he was already dead when they got there. Daniel Green says that I helped, um, he said, he now says I was, uh, I was notified by Demery that I should come help him dispose of the body, which we did. They admit to putting the body in the swamp um, and tooling, and then tooling around with, with the car and um, taking, the, I think, the cell phone or making calls from the car phone um, or both and um, there is actually video that came out because there was a video camera in the car there's video of Daniel Green fucking around like apparently just kind of joking around rapping in some apartment and holding up like uh, a couple championship rings that apparently James Jordan had in his possession at the time not a good look yeah but the thing is the thing is though all the all they have is that one guy's testimony and what, what like we've never heard of coerced testimony i mean the chicago police had a uh, a legal interrogation facility where they coerced tons of testimony like if you have like an 18 year old and a bunch of authorities that are corrupt and you know guns you can coerce any kind of any kind of um any kind of admission of guilt, right? So it's like, if you scare the hell out of the kid, wave some guns at him, maybe even possibly torture him, that's what the Chicago police do. And, you know, no, no shock that he's gonna, you're gonna get one of them to testify against the other one. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem compelling. Oh, and we haven't gotten to the other really crazy detail 
that okay, came well, out a couple years let, ago. Okay, that, let's, like, let's before before we move on to the more recent developments, okay. let's let's stick here in the '90s for a little while. Um, so, so there was a trial, um, of course. Uh, so basically, what happened was body was found. Um, there was, of course, a lot of pressure on this local sheriff to get his team to identify someone. They very quickly, I believe within two days, um, identified these kids. Now, these now it took them two weeks and they couldn't even figure out who the dead guy was. But then they're like, we need to catch someone. And it's like, oh, we got it. We got these, these two right. brown kids over here. Well, yeah, we, we got them. We got them. We got, we're good. It, that's, the, that's where it ends, by the way. There's no bigger thing here. We're not going to investigate Jordan. We're just going to blame these kids. They were trying to carjack him and they killed him and we're done. Um, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, there was some connections that they, they didn't investigate, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but the kids, I mean, the kids did admit to being there at the very least. They didn't admit to killing him. Yeah. But I mean, they admit to coming up on a car with a, an old guy that they don't know. Right. Um, and disposing of the body and just being like, Hey, let's just take the car and fake his stuff. I mean, that's pretty bad on its own yeah it's terrible to you know yeah i mean i'm not endorsing dumping bodies but i think that someone (laughs) probably paid them to do that or told them they need to do that like i think that there's another layer here okay it's like yo there's we we killed this guy get rid of him let's let's jump ahead well let's jump ahead because you're you're referencing so basically to, to wrap up the 90s segment of this um they were convicted in 1996 uh, both sentenced to uh, life. Now, Larry Demery, who testified against Daniel Green, is apparently eligible for parole um, as of this year. Wow. Um, which is not just a coincidence that we're talking about it now. I just came across that in the research. Um, but um, throughout it, Daniel Green has maintained that he was not the shooter. He, didn't know. Oh, but was... by the way, he's not named Daniel Green anymore. He what? He's he became oh. a Muslim in jail, and oh. now his name's Lord Uala. I can't even pronounce it. It's like U A L. Yeah, you didn't. Oh, I, did, I didn't. His I didn't come across this. Goes by Lord now, <laughs> and he and he it, he came. Oh yeah, there's he goes by this Lord name, and. He also says that he was a pawn in a bigger game, which right. I, I that fits right. Well, let's, uh, let's just get to the real, the okay. real crazy shit that ha- that's come yeah. up. Um, so basically, in 2015, uh, Daniel Green was a, or sorry, I, I'm going to call him Daniel Green because I, I don't have that other name in front of me. You um, should call him Daniel Green. It would be very <laughs> awkward if we started. <laughs> He so basically he um, he was able to get new representation, uh, who I believe are working pro bono. Um, I, that's uh, I believe I saw that somewhere. I could be wrong at that point, but he does have new new representation who have tried who have been attempting since 2015 to get the case reopened, and one major major sticking point that they have brought to light is that they're. So back in the trial, there was an investigation of both uh, of the car phone in uh, this Lexus that James Jordan had 
and I, an investigation by very professional Robeson County investigators. Yes, yes, the who are affiliated with the sheriff Hubert. Now, what was not revealed during the trial because the judge of the trial specifically disallowed it at the time, '96, is that the first phone call that was made after the murder was to a man named. Hold on one sec. If either of you have it in front of you, uh, a. Shit, shit, shit. I should have this ready. No, I don't have the name, but that's the, it was the son. The, right? There was a, a phone call made to the illegitimate son of Sher the sheriff. We'll get his name here in a sec. Um, basically, first, so again, the, the first phone call after the murder was to the son of the sheriff of this county, um, uh, of Robeson County. Uh, Hubert. What a coincidence! And part two of that is that this son uh, worked at a mobile home. Uh, fuck, I got it. I really got to get this accurate here. Um, so Larry Demery is the one. Here we go. I got. It, I got. It, I got. It, I got. It, I got it. So I'm going to quote here from a, a Courier Tribune article. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Uh, okay. When in, so this is from this article uh, from December 2016 uh, from the Courier Tribune. So I quote: uh, When announcing the arrest of Green, a Lumberton resident, uh, and Larry Martin Demery, now these are the two kids, the other man convicted uh, in James Jordan's death, uh, investigators said they were led to the men in large part by tracking calls they made from a cell phone in Jordan's car. Uh, investigators did not say at the time how many calls had been made or to who, but one of these numbers could be key in Green's latest attempt to overturn the guilty verdict. A call made on Jordan's phone went to Hubert Larry Deese, who is sheriff, the sheriff's son, and a convicted drug drug trafficker. and a convicted drug trafficker. Though Green's defense team tried to introduce evidence of that call to the jury in 1996, as well as to clarify that he was, that Deese was the son of the sheriff, the judge rejected their attempts. So basically, the first call was named, made to, the first call from the car after Jordan's death was made to the son of the sheriff, who was a known drug trafficker at the time. That's insane. Yeah. That's so fishy. <laughs> yeah. And and this these facts were disallowed to be admitted into evidence by the judge. The judge that maybe was only a judge because the other judge got killed. <laughs> maybe it's yes. it could be a different judgeship, but it might, I mean, how many judges does <laughs> Robeson County have? But yeah. yeah, it's there have been some murders known to happen in Robeson oh, County sorry, to sorry, make sorry. sure the judges are the ju who, who they are. There's another piece to this, which is so again we have this kid Hubert Deese, who is the son of Hubert Stone. Hubert, okay. Stone is a, Hubert Stone is a sheriff. Hubert Deese is the son, who at the time was a convicted drug trafficker. Now, Deese and Demery worked together at the time of the murders at Crestline Mobile Homes. Huh. So, and this mobile home area or company is a mile from the swamp where the body was discovered. Huh. So... Green's, and this is again quoting from this Courier Tribune article, uh, Green's new defense attorneys have theorized that Jordan could have been killed 
um, after he came up on a drug deal and the details about the sheriff's son would have helped them bolster that theory. They contended that the Rob Robeson County Sheriff's Department failed to pursue that angle to protect Deese, who was a friend of the lead investigator. Oh, that's the other Ooh. thing. Deese is a friend of the lead investigator of the case. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's a different cover-up than the one I was imagining. So, Jay, what were you saying? It's just like this this small town thing where this sheriff is like a king over the over the county, you know. Yeah. Like you could tell right from the beginning of that article, that was it was very disturbing. Like that quote you read, and then just reading all of that, and mm -hmm. you knew he was gonna find somebody. Even let's let's say for instance, let's say he had nothing to do with it, right? Who? He he's not involved in any of that stuff. But the kids or the sheriff? The sheriff. Let's say the sheriff. But just okay. from reading that stuff. He was going to find somebody that was guilty for that, no matter what, no matter if they were guilty or not. He was going to find somebody. And oh, yeah. I, I mean, happened. that that high-profile that high case in that small of a town, um, in my opinion, yeah, they were going to find somebody. I mean, the thing is, look, if the thing is the kids didn't do themselves any favors by, you know, actually being there and admitting to being in the car. At some point, maybe, maybe well after the murder happened. <laughs> you could also say in that line of logic that they didn't do and themselves any favors by putting on the rings and recording <laughs> rap videos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, it should also be noted that, that Daniel Green, um, at the time of this murder, he had before the artist this... formerly known as Daniel Green. <laughs> <laughs> he had just come out of jail. He had been, I believe, he had been out of prison for six months before this, uh, the James Jordan murder. So he was in prison previously for beating someone with an axe handle uh, into a coma. Yeah. See, and that's that's actually even part of why I don't think he would have committed a murder. I know this is like getting into like weird psychology, but it's like he just got out, like. You know, yeah. Dispose of a body? Sure, I'll do that for some cash. Murder someone? Nah, I'm not gonna get into that right away. Like, I've been, I've been there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Presumably, if you're still on parole from prison, you would think you might be hesitant to get involved with dumping a body and stealing a car and recording rap videos with championship NBA rings. Like, <laughs> no, no. I said, I I said that I think he would. Oh, you think he would do it? Wait, what? I what what are you saying? I think he, he would, would dump the body, the body, but no murder. Someone. But no murder. Because I, I think he would take. Because I, I bet he was getting. He was probably getting paid to dump the body. It's hard to get a job when you're a felon and you're an ex-murderer. Like, it's like, where's he gonna get any money? I mean, that's part of our. Like, you shouldn't murder anyone, clearly. But part of like one of the things we do is uh, don't make sure that felons can't get jobs. So then they just have to dispose of bodies for money and get get bigger crimes pinned on them. Um, or maybe they just did okay. it. I don't know. So huh. here's, here's another little nugget of information about Robeson County in general. So, Oh, I love learning about Robeson Yeah, County. Robeson. Yeah, they're, they're really doing things. So this Hubert Stone, who was the sheriff um, during this time, he was sheriff um, only until 1994. So... So he retired right after. So that. he retired. Well, no, he he. There's elections for sheriff in that area, oh. um, and he lost the 1994 election. So 
he was still sheriff I'm told. So wait, he was in charge of this and he was just some goof that gets elected? He wasn't even like a law a trained law enforcement? Well, no, 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 no. Sheriff, you gotta have to be a cop to be, he's trained law enforcement, it's just that to become sheriff, which is like the head of the law, you just have to be elected. I mean, this isn't I don't know, are you sure you can't just like... Certain counties do this, certain counties don't. Be a, you know? be a reality TV celebrity and get elected sheriff? Like, we don't know. Like, how do we... No, we do know. He was a sheriff deputy, and then he became the sheriff. Yes. Yeah. So he, okay. and he was sheriff from 1978 to 1994. Okay. And at 1994, he lost to this guy, uh, Glenn Maynard, uh, who was mayor from 1994 to 2002. Now, the reason he stopped becoming mayor in 2002 um, was because, uh, I'm again quoting from the Courier Tribune, uh, that uh, paragraph starts, uh, complaints of corruption in the Robeson County Sheriff's Department existed for years before a 2002 incident led to a full-fledged investigation that led to the indictment of 22 lawmen, including Sheriff Glenn Maynard, on accusations of pirating satellite television signals. What? Kidnapping. What? Yeah. Uh, I like the pirating satellite. Like, <laughs> Single came before kidnapping. Oh, yeah. Yo, he was like fucking up direct TV. Oh, also he kidnapped some people. Oh no. Also kidnapping, perjury, drug trafficking, armed robbery, and money laundering. Oh, okay. Oh, so it, it, it started from like the small one and it heightened. I'm sorry. Yeah, the okay. direction of where this is going. <laughs> yeah, you know, you height you it's a three beat heightening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that's that's the tune into our improv podcast that we're recording <laughs> in parallel. Yeah. <laughs> Where we just imp- improv a scene of like this whole fucked up county. Um, Ooh, yeah, that would be a good improv show. An improv that actually show would, that would be pretty good. That, I would go, I would go to that improv show. We should once. think of, we should think about that. We <laughs> think about doing it. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this just that's wait. Just but for, my my favorite thing about Robeson County came out of reading all reading and preparing for this right. was that apparently the cocaine there is amazing <laughs> like how <laughs> yeah, like very a- high quality you're right in the, in the gq article they do mention that they said they rarely they rarely find something that's under 50 percent purity yeah so we're talking about michael jordan's father's death we're talking about corruption in this police department like all these things i mean and yeah there's drug dealing but he made sure to get this like this is really pure cocaine in county. like it's like i think at one point he said like it's so pure that you can pick and choose which coke you yeah. want to buy and yeah. still get good coke like it was like wow like this is like how much of this coke did you do scott rab while you were investigating the story like, yeah um and there there is another part yeah scott scott rab's an interesting guy there's one point i thought i thought i had it i was copying pasting some stuff here but i don't have this one but in during his investigation he investigated this for months like he was down there for a long time you and, can deal a lot of coke in a few months oh absolutely and apparently at one point like because the story about the, first of all the first try all the story right? <laughs> okay, okay all right so <laughs> the story is that he pulled over the side of the road in the middle of the night at apparently a county where everyone in north carolina they're from the uh, jordan family's from north carolina everyone knew about this county and how grimy it was but he still pulls over 
on the side of the road, middle of the night, to take a nap. Now, apparently, there was a, there was some motel nearby, like only a few miles away. Oh, I should say also, just background, he was coming from a friend's place. Um, there was a funeral he went to that night. Um, there, was, there was a funeral there that night. After the funeral, he went to a friend's place, and then after the friend's place, he was driving home, presumably, or somewhere, and he pulled over to the side of the road. But there was a hotel, sorry, motel nearby. There was even a lit parking lot apparently 90 seconds away but he chose to pull over the side of the road oh and they said that he chose to take a nap to take a nap yes the windows down and the doors unlocked who does that like this guy's not stupid that part made no sense and this is an older man who's grown up in north carolina knows the the state presumably really well in a very expensive car and he's, he's a rich dude in an expensive car in a bad neighborhood. And rich people in bad neighborhoods don't get, they get nervous. Come on. Like, I know that, I know that, you know, Michael Jordan's family, they were kind of working class before Jordan became rich. But once you get rich, you're just suspect of everyone. You're not like, oh, we're not going to get robbed. You're, they're scared. You're, you're, you're freaked out. I mean, that's one of the biggest, that's, I think that's one of the, like, I, I'm not gonna, I, 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 or I should say, I hesitate to give an all-encompassing theory of what I say happens. Um, I think the facts kind of speak for themselves, and I, I'll leave it there. But one of the big questions I have is because, look, the car was presumably found. I mean, the car wasn't found there, but they can determine. Actually, I don't. You know, I'm not entirely sure how they determined that. That's where the car was when he was shot because. Presumably, the kids—I mean, the kids have said they found him on the side of the road. I guess—I guess it's probably come from the kids' testimony, where like we found him here, uh, we moved the body. Apparently, moved the body from the driver's seat to the passenger seat, drove over to the swamp, dumped him from the sw- into the swamp, got back in the car, and then we're kind of tooling around in it for a little while. Yeah. Um, they also said that it was not conclusive that the bullet came from the the weapon that they found on the one of the oh yeah prosecuted murderers right so he yeah. was yes he there was a i think a 38 millimeter slug that was pulled out of his body uh one chest shot but apparently there's very little blood found yeah that seems strange to me too that there was like an absence of blood well interestingly also 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 are you gonna tell me that these goofs that like as soon as they killed supposedly killed this guy and got on the uh, grabbed his camcorder and put on his rings and started making a rap for you you're telling me that these kids didn't shoot him like 10 times like these are the kind of people like oh i'm shooting i'm going i'm going in this is gonna like guy, yeah this, they're gonna hold, hold gonna the, be like, they're gonna hold the gun sideways they're um, shooting sideways. These are not clean, like trained murderers. Like these are like goofy dudes that like want to be gangsters. They would have missed a few times, hit him in some weird spots. Um, yeah, it's it, it. it's it's interesting too. In an early part of the GQ article, during the interview with this sheriff Hubert Stone. Stone is like basically saying like, oh, well, you know, most people don't know about this, but uh, yeah, I've seen plenty of murders where someone shot up, but there's never any blood. There's not blood. You don't find much blood because all the blood, all the blood stays in the body. Most people don't don't know that. Also, also one of those dudes, 
one of those dudes had gotten out of prison for murdering someone with a hammer. And so the first time he has to murder someone, he has to do it with a hammer. And like, he suddenly got out of prison and now he's good at shooting. Like if that guy was good at shooting, you would have killed the first guy with a gun with one bullet. And that got a fucking hammer out. <laughs> Okay, I don't know if I follow that, but... Well, I didn't, um, I didn't really follow if that. You were, if you were a good-ass shot and you could kill someone with one shot, would you waste time killing someone with lid. a hammer? That's the question. Well, no, no. You're, you're referring to Green. He didn't kill the per first person with a hammer. He oh, beat him into a coma. Was, it was just a fight. Oh, it Maybe it was a coma. Climb attack. Okay, yeah. so he stopped. You know, yeah. it's too bad we didn't get to do best all-time like fight scenes because the I was gonna say the old boy. <laughs> shut, shut up! Shut up! What? No, all right. Oh, all oh right. I thought you were gonna say that. No, no, no. I thought you were gonna say the first, the, one of the best murders is or best fight scenes is this kid beating someone with an axe handle. Okay, you weren't going in that direction. So no, it was right. in, in old boy the 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 hallway. Oh yeah, that was a good one. The hallway the scene. Yeah, with the, with the hammer. Yeah, yeah so this would have that would have tied the whole room together, like tied everything together. I mean, yeah, we would tie the room together like a good rug. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I do wish we had to. We're we don't have time for the fight scene yeah. thing. We we've been trying to do this the, that segment for like the past three episodes. And we keep yeah. going long, so we don't. Um, well, there's so much stuff here in the conspiracies, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this particular one. Like I, you know, when I started researching this, well, I, I mean, I knew about the GQ article for a while, but when I really started looking into like googling around and shit, man, I was like, this is a big wormhole. Like I was actually looking at the legal paperwork that um, Green's new lawyers have sub submitted in 2015, and you know, that's where I first saw like the the stuff about the sheriff's son and like him being involved in drugs and like being friends with the investigator and like, oh man, I was like, holy moly. Yeah. But actually I will say my main takeaway, and I know you may disagree, A, is that I don't think that it's, there's enough evidence to say that Michael had really had anything to do with this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's I any think, I think Robeson, Robeson I think County on its own is just dirty enough that some shit goes down, and if a celebrity's dad gets involved, then so be it. Like, Jordan I mean, uh, Jordan has his gambling issues, to be sure, but I don't think it – I honestly don't think it had you, anything Okay, but here's does. the one sliver of – there is one sliver of evidence that does hint that he – that that Jordan could have known and could have been involved. And that's the- In your, in your opinion, in your opinion. In your opinion. In my opinion, <laughs> in A's opinion, um, I would say that the fact that they didn't submit a missing persons report until like, w like weeks after the murder. And, yeah, and it was like, particularly- it was like days. And his birthday happened in that span. So either the Jordans are a really terrible family who don't have their back and aren't calling anybody on their birthday, or they <laughs> knew that or somebody was like, yo, we got your dad. Because I, what I would imagine is someone was like, we have your dad, but they were lying and he'd already been killed. And, you know, they were doing in some comp, in some communication with Michael and trying to get something from him or something. And then eventually it was like they had to go public with it. Uh, that would be my guess. I mean, I would I would say knowing what I know about just Jordan being an asshole and like stuff that's out there, Michael Jordan being an asshole in the in like Oh, because just, Michael just Jordan's generally, an hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Hold on. <laughs> just, just like he is a known asshole, like just generally speaking. So and selfish. So it, the fact that he might not have call, called or noticed that his it was his dad's birthday isn't enough for me, I guess. But, the, but, uh, but like, but Jordan's dad have to have okay. had to have a bunch of hangers on. That like, cause like Jordan, anyone that's like famous and rich is gonna be a, a hanger on. And like Jordan's dad was like a business partner with Jordan, or like Michael and James were business partners. So like James Jordan would have had his own hangers on that were like, where the hell is this dude? Yeah, I mean, presumably his wife would have. Right. Somehow, <laughs> and and there was no missing person. There was no, they didn't report the dude missing for weeks. That is, yeah. That that's, is weird. That's that's the big one, and the pulling over to take a nap is the big yeah. one that are still like, yeah. Those and, are, the, and I remember, I remember from the news reports at the time, like their excuse was like, oh yeah, James Jordan just like dips out a lot. He likes to take trips and not tell us, which is a flimsy excuse, especially when it's over his birthday. Somebody's calling that dude to say happy birthday and asking for. $5,000 or something. <laughs> um, they are, man. Not everyone cares about birthdays, man. I don't, I don't no, know. Maybe he was. Maybe they're he calling him on his birthday because they want something from him because he's close to Michael Jordan. That's why they're calling him on his birthday <laughs> for no other whoa, reason. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, well, then then I would go one step further and say he if that, that probably happens a lot, so he probably is not answering a lot of phone calls, and so people who do that are probably used to him not answering phone calls. All right, that's possible too, but I don't think this looks good for anybody. Oh, no, but I mean, it looks worse for just Roberson County law enforcement, I guess, in general. I mean, so what you're saying is the Jordans are a mean family and they don't call each other on their birthday. I wouldn't say the whole family, but I, I, Michael is... Kind of. What about his wife, man? I think Michael would have called him on his birthday. I think Mike would you call his so? father. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They were like, you know, they seem pretty close. But then, yeah. If he okay, but then if he doesn't answer, do you think okay? Well, he'll get back to me. You don't immediately think, oh, he's dead. You think, okay. No, well, you're Michael. Well, yeah. You think what kind of nigger doesn't answer my phone? <laughs> Before caller ID too, so you might not have known what call was coming in. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe. Maybe we get caller ID. It might not be before caller ID. I don't know, guys. Well, I'm sure rich people got it before we did. But, I'm sure. But I don't remember seeing caller ID until like the late '90s. I don't remember. I can't. I can't say. I, I, yeah, I was. You know, that reminds me. One of the things I was disappointed about. Is that we? I did all this reading about the '90s, and not a single mention of a pager. Like these people are too rich. No matter if you're using pagers in the '90s, they're like, we're already on cell phones. Sorry. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, that is. A, I I read a lot about this too, and yeah, no, I don't remember seeing any pager reference. Yeah. Yeah, that um, is a lot actually. Rich people, man. Yeah, because that. I mean, I think that call that was made to the sheriff's son was probably to his home number like that's how they would track it down or track that yeah. down um but yeah it's it's a fucked up thing i mean we should we should probably wrap up here pretty soon but uh any 
uh, A, I'll let you give uh, any closing thoughts on this or anything else we've discussed. Closing, I mean, I think <laughs> I, the, my closing thought. You got it, man. You're, high, you're hype about this, closing, man. I should have mentioned earlier that um, I started smoking weed at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I've been drinking, so. Yeah. Um, Okay, great. Throughout, yeah. Um, but, Throughout. Party boy but, over here. Uh, my point, no, my fuck, point fuck boy is... Fuckboy over here. My one closing opinion is that they... The, the Jordan family probably knew someone had their dad, but they didn't know he was dead, and that's why they didn't file a missing por- person's report. That's my theory. Okay, that's your opinion. Uh, and that's speculation. <laughs> Don't murder me. Scott Grab okay. is still alive. <laughs> Don't, <murder laughs> Don't wait. Well, they should get more to Scott Rob. Yo, I but I I honestly looked up all of the reporters from various stories about this to make sure they were still alive. And they are. <laughs> Did you really? And I'm doing, yeah, <laughs> they're alive. So we're gonna live. Okay. That's this. good. Oh, you know what else is still alive? I think uh, some oh. other other wait, you're, wait, you're breaking up again. You're breaking up again. Say, say everyone again. was really everyone oh, was really scared though. No, what did you say? Know. Okay. Okay, I was going to I was going to say this guy Norm Van Leer is alive, but he's not. He died. But he died of natural causes. Who's Norm <laughs> he Van Leer? Old. Norm Van Leer was a Chicago was he used to play for the Bulls and he was a media personality around basketball in Chicago in the 90s when all this happened and he accused he said that this was a gam the revenge for a gambling thing with Michael and he was you know they got him to stop saying that oh wow but he said it for a while and they were and Phil Jackson called him and said Norm stop saying this so this is a this has been said. We're not the first people to suggest that Mike, or I'm not, because you didn't suggest that. I'm not right. the first person to suggest this. I, You know what's crazy? I didn't know, I never knew that there was so much of a conspiracy theory around this. Like, yeah. I thought it was the circumstances, I remember the circumstances being weird, but and I knew that there was a conspiracy theory around Michael's retirement, like that they thought that maybe he was told that he needed to retire right, because that, of his gambling debts. But I never the main, linked the two. Yeah, the gambling, his, yeah, the gambling is the reason for his retirement is, is a big one. Um, I think Bill Simmons has said that a number of times that he thinks that that's what, yeah. that the, the retirement was actually like a on the low suspension. I mean, that's, yeah. re- that's a really well-known conspiracy theory. In basketball S- yeah. Simmons, Simmons throws that out all the time. So I knew about that one, but I didn't, I never connected it with the gambling stuff, but it yeah. makes sense. I mean, I, I think, you know, now that you say that it, it does ring a bell that they were connected. I mean, I think that's why I, was curious about this in the first place um is that it does jordan's let's shall we say shadiness overlap in some way shape or form with uh the the thing the his father's murder just from and all i'm saying is just from the research that i i did in the past week his father's shady murder without a lot of evidence in my opinion he wasn't reported missing until weeks later (laughs) yes that's the one uh in my opinion no uh, Jay, thoughts? Um, it's yeah. I I I think I reached the same conclusion, but it's it's still hard to say. As who? As who? Me but, or uh, as as you? Okay. 
okay. and that it seems like well based on what I've read it seems like there is no real hard connection between the two um, but he you know Michael was definitely involved with some shady people yeah. um, but I, I don't I don't know I, I don't know anything but right. don't go to Robeson County <laughs> don't take a nap on the oh, side yeah. of the road. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I. I mean, with you know, we're not going to get into politics that much. I actually try to avoid that with this podcast. But with the stuff that's been going on in North Carolina recently, anyway, I was probably never going to go there. Um, I'm, but they got that good coke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm definitely never going to Robeson County ever. <laughs> I'm not even going to listen to any Paul Robeson. I'm not listening to Paul Robeson music. Um, no, let's get, you know, let's get a rent a car and head to Robeson and check out what, what they got out there. You should we do like a video podcast where we document a trip to Robeson and like yeah. road trip? Oh man, that would end up like that Blair Witch yeah, Project. Like, <laughs> end up like a Blair Witch Project. One of in the corner. Like Robeson Coke still. <laughs> that vintage shit. Oh my god. Okay. Well this has been great. Uh hey, thank you so much for coming on. This has been really fun. I like I was initially pretty nervous about getting into this conspiracy theory, but you have helped made this very fun. Um I had a great time. Do you want to plug anything? Uh yeah, I have a sketch comedy show coming up on April sixth at Friends and Lovers in Bedside. Oh, cool. <laughs> hey, what kind of, of show? What kind of show? Do you want to plug anything? <laughs> well, I'm sure yeah. you'll hit it on Twitter, you know, as well. Um, which so, I will. I'll tweet this out as well too. Yeah. So this is. Uh, so the show's called the Friendship Comedy Collective, and we're do. It's a sketch comedy show, and we're releasing a zine that's April 6th at Friends and Lovers. Oh, that's cool. And follow me on Twitter. I'm Andrew Ritchie. Poor little at poor little Ritchie. <laughs> Wait, what's your what's what's your Twitter? Poor Lil Richie. Poor L I L Richie. R I T C H I E. That's pretty good. Thank you. It's a reference to what? Poor Little Rich Girl? Uh yeah. Yeah. The song, right? Or like they also there's they also called Richie Rich, Poor Little Rich Kid. Yeah, so Poor Little Rich Girl is like a song and like kind of like a I think there's an Andy Warhol movie named after it, but that also people used to call me Richie Rich, like the comic oh, book character. Like the comic book? <laughs> yeah, I know it's like really dorky, but that's what people called me, and they called him the poor little rich kid. So I, between those two, I had it's like it was just floating around in my head. Man, you were just getting getting it left, right, and center. Yeah, yeah. Except I'm not rich, which fucking sucks, man. Yeah. Gonna get well. This podcast is gonna blow up, and you know, okay. This is the no, one. Hopefully. This is the one that I definitely want to go viral. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I'll, hopefully, you can throw me some equity when this single episode of the podcast becomes <laughs> worth a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should have gotten in writing beforehand. Okay, Mistress Podcast, we're out. All right. <laughs> Good night. All right. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Thanks, Jay.